This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's Creature Feature, a spotlight on one of the Wildlife Hospital Dunedin's extra special guests. And Jordana White joins us once more to, well, impart the story of another fascinating guest at the Dunedin Wildlife Hospital. Today we're going to learn all about Richard Morena. Jordana, good to have you with us. Morena, thanks for having me back. So, Richard, that doesn't give us much of a clue as to what species Richard is. Tell us all about this wonderful creature. No, Richard is an erect crested penguin. So if you can picture a Tawaki or a Fjordland Crested Penguin, which I think probably most people here can, you, you just add a really boofy, funky, crested hairdo to that. So Tawaki have a little bit of a, a, a spiky yellow crest around their heads, and the erect crested have a really big, sticky-outy one, bright, bright yellow. Um, so they're, they're quite, a, quite an attractive penguin, um, but most people don't realize in, in Dunedin or Otago if they're seeing an erect crested penguin because it's not one that we expect to see. No, and, and often not talked about. We have our favourites, don't we, in this part of the country, right? So it's yep, nice, that's right. Yep. nice to hear about another species. Uh, how did uh, Richard come to be at the hospital? He was picked up by our friends out at Penguin Place out on the end of the Otago Peninsula. Uh, so they found him on their reserve with some old bite wounds to his feet, to his foot, rather, I should say. And he was also in his second week of his annual molt, which just to remind you, I think we've talked about it before, but uh, penguins every year, they have to push out all of their old feathers that are, you know, get, starting to get kind of dry and used up and grow all new feathers. And they have to do that all in one go. So they just sit in one spot on the beach and push out those new feathers. Um, and they can't really do much while they're there. They're a bit vulnerable. So the guys at Penguin Place had a look at him and went, oh, well, this is a good opportunity to get that foot fixed up while he's just sitting here on shore. Um, and so they brought him in to us to have his foot checked out. Um, and he was about he was about four, just over four kg uh, when he came to us, which is it's a pretty big hoss, especially for a penguin and its molts because they can't feed themselves when they're in that, in that time. And he was in week two, so he must have been quite stout when he came ashore. Um, that's good. We want them nice and fat for their molts. Um, that's usually four kilos is about where they, they top out. So if you think about the Tawaki, they're a bit, they're definitely bigger than the Tawaki in terms of they look a little bit more like a, a rugby player, I guess, huh. um, that kind of shape. <laughs> where do these penguins um, spend and, most of their time? Yeah, they spend most of their time out at sea. So almost all of their time out in the water, um, they only generally come ashore to breed or to molt. So that's when we get them here on the South Island is when they're molting. And that's only the, the sort of the stragglers that are out in this area. Um, it's it's not unusual for us to get a few crested penguins this time of year. Um, not many, maybe three or four. Um, so we're tracking right on this year with Richard and a couple of his mates. Um, but normally where they are breeding is really far away from here. So they, they almost the entire population, well, actually really the entire population of crested penguins lives on the Antipodes Islands. And Bounty Island. And are you familiar at all with where those are? Uh, mm, mm, uh, I've never, never no. good at geography. <laughs> it's so it's in the middle of nowhere, basically. So the Antipodes Island chains about 750 kilometers southeast of Dunedin, just in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's quite. It's they're volcanic islands. They're uninhabited. They're inhospitable. They're very remote, but uh, apparently great breeding ground for red-crested penguins. So that's that's mostly where they live when they're not out at sea. Um, and I know it seems like a bit of a long haul for a penguin to swim up from the Antipodes Island to Dunedin, which 
for us it would be, for them they would laugh at that because they've actually been found as far away as Argentina. So they can go on pretty big OEs, these guys, even though that's not what they normally do. Tell us about how Richard got his name. It is quite funny. (sighs) Richard got his name because his behavior is a little bit less than ideal in hospital, and frankly, he's a bit of a dick. So we just decided that the name was a little bit suitable for him. Um, yeah, he got he got pretty feisty with the vet team, or he gets pretty feisty with the vet team. Uh, I, I can understand a little bit because he's he's in his molt, and penguins get into a bit of a temper when they're in their molt. It's really uncomfortable. They've got these old broken feathers that they're trying to get rid of. They're all puffed up. Their flippers are puff, puffy and fat, and they just aren't feeling that great, uh, and so they get a little bit crabby. Uh, but he, he really took that next level because he seemed to, to really target um, the, the particularly sensitive, soft, fleshy bits on our staff. Um, and we have uh, all-female staff, so I'm just going to let you use your imagination Ooh, on that. Ow. Uh Yeah. <laughs> so um, not a fan favorite at the hospital, uh, and for another reason as well, which is that he – is particularly skilled at making a huge mess. Penguins are messy as in the hospital. We all know that they poop all the time, but he has a a real talent for it where he actually folds up all of his towels, which sounds tidy to fold towels, but what he does is he clears them all off of the floor of his enclosure. And they're there for a reason. They're there to keep soft things under his feet because penguins aren't used to, to standing on hard surfaces all of the time. But they're also there to make it easy to clean up after him. So what he does is he pushes all those aside, poops all over the floor of his cage, and he aims his backside out of the door of his cage (laughs) and poops out the door onto the floor outside. (laughs) And then there's a plexiglass uh, covering on on his enclosure, and he manages to hit that too. So he butters that whole piece of plexiglass right up and then out onto the floor. He's a real real staff favorite then, I imagine. (laughs) not or he hadn't been um but then i think personally he might be doing it on purpose because he's pretty clever so i think he realizes the more mess he makes the longer he's out when they have to clean his enclosure and that means that he can victimize more people because they're exposed to him where he's they have learned they started putting him in a crate which basically looks like just a giant shopping basket so they're just and he's not really able to hop out so they they put him in that and then they put a towel over the top of it so that he can't get a sneaky bite in when they walk by. So they did learn to cope with Richard. Um, but now that he, I will say, now he's out of his molt, he's feeling better, he's a lot nicer to the staff, and he is absolutely beautiful. You cannot believe the transformation. It's like this penguin had a glow up while he was in hospital with us. It's amazing. Um, I think I I don't know which pictures you're going to put on your website, Jeff, but hopefully you put the before and after pictures because I've sent I've sent Jeff along a photo of him in his mid molt, and then after his molt, and he is absolutely gorgeous. Just uh, while they're in their molt, um, are they particularly vulnerable at that time? You know, you can imagine with them feeling not so great, with them um, probably just wanting to sit there and get this thing over with. Does it make them at all more vulnerable to say land-based predators? It makes them extremely vulnerable, yes. So in particular, this type of species, the erect crested and some of the other crested penguins that aren't used to spending a lot of time on shore, um, they, it's, all they can do is stand there for three weeks. So it take, takes two to three weeks, depending on the species, to shed those old feathers. 
they cannot go back into the water at this time. So they, they're not waterproofed because they don't have their new feathers in. So they, they can't run away from predators. So unfortunately, we have had arrest-crested penguins in the hospital with bite wounds in the past. So they, they come up. They don't know the difference between a dog beach and a, a secret secluded beach when they come to Otago. So they might rock up on Waldronville Beach, for example, where a lot of people like to walk their dogs, and they get bitten. Uh, and that can kill them pretty quickly, and it can cause some pretty serious infection and serious internal injuries. So, yeah, really quite vulnerable. So that's one thing. Always in the summer, any time of year, really, if you're out walking your dog on the beach, don't let it run into the dunes where you can't see it because that's often where the penguins will be hiding away for their molt. And you can't see them, but the dogs can absolutely smell them. Mm. And all it takes is a second for a dog to grab a penguin, give it a couple of shakes, drop it. You'll never know it even happened. Mm. So that's, that's a really key one to keep visiting penguins like this safe. And, of course, our, uh, our hoi-ho and our little blues that we're used to seeing around town. All right. So Richard looking much more regal now. That's good to hear. Yeah, he's looking good, and his foot's coming along nicely. So it was it was an old injury, as I mentioned um, in the beginning, uh, which which is fine. It just means that it never got treatment when it happened, and we, we don't know exactly what caused it. It was probably something similar to what Hoi Ho received, so maybe a predator bite, for example, on his foot. Um, but the, the fact that it never got any medical attention means that something called osteomyelitis formed in it, which is an infection of the bone. So it can be quite serious, and we think it will come right for him. Um, but he's had to have a couple of surgeries. Um, we've just moved a chunk of uh, infected bone out of his toe recently. So he's he's still getting a few procedures. And now he to, to contribute to his beautiful look that he's got now, uh, his post-molt look, he's also now wearing a lovely jandal, which is very fashionable uh, on that foot, that our staff made out of a yoga mat and some colorful bandages. And that keeps his foot nice and cushioned and supported while he's in hospital because he's going to be with us still for probably a couple of weeks at least. Um, and we don't want him to get any any pain or any further infection in that foot from standing on the hard surfaces, as I mentioned. Um, so, yeah, we think he'll come right. But um, in the meanwhile, he's moved on from um, being mean to our staff to staffing all the other penguins in the hospital. So he's at least got entertainment while he's with us. <laughs> All those little hoi ho ho have probably been terrified of um, of Richard, this big, large, noisy penguin. I would be terrified of him. He sounds like a donkey, like a really cranky donkey when he gets going. And he likes to like, sass them with his donkey noise and get his whole body into this sort of, I'm angry at you, I'm intimidating interpretive dance. And it's it's quite a sight to behold. But if I was a hoi ho, I wouldn't be too impressed by it. Yeah. All right. Hopefully, a couple uh, of weeks we, and he'll be getting back out uh, into the ocean. Yes, yep, he'll spend a little bit of time at Penguin Place uh, being rehabbed, and then he'll be out to sea, and we just want to say to spare thought for Richard when he is back out at sea, because things are getting a little bit tough out there for crested penguins. Uh, their, their numbers are definitely declining. Uh, we don't know exactly why, but it's probably has to do with changes out to the ocean environment, climate change, rising ocean temperatures. So erect crested penguins might be foraging further afield than they're used to and getting into strife um, or having trouble finding appropriate food stocks any longer with the with the ocean changes. There could be some starvation issues out there. We don't know. Um, I mentioned before that they live pretty remotely on some pretty difficult conditions, and uh, so they're quite a, a difficult species to study. So we don't know exactly what's happening with them, but it's thought that there are only about 68,000 breeding pairs left. 
And that's a, that's a pretty significant decline. I think the last I checked, it was the high point was thought to be about 250,000. So it's quite a, quite a precipitous drop. Uh, and as a result, they're now listed as an endangered species on the IUCN, which is an international standard, their red list. Um, so yeah, there's not much that we can do for them here in terms of um, saving the erect crested penguin since we don't normally have them here. But as I mentioned, the um, yeah, keeping your dogs under control, not letting them uh, loose on the beach during molting season in particular. Um, but also, when they are visiting here, any crested species, uh, if there's good, healthy hoiho habitat, it makes good habitat for visiting penguins. So if people are interested in getting involved in penguin conservation, habitat restoration, planting days, weeding on reserves to make sure those native plants are healthy is a really important piece of work that can really help out the, um, the folks doing penguin work. Um, and of course, supporting penguin research and conservation. So groups like uh, Penguin Place out on the peninsula and of course, the Wildlife Hospital always help. Brilliant stuff. Now, just um, before we uh, leave the session for today, uh, you've got some exciting events coming up related to the Wild Dunedin Festival. We do, yeah. I'm doing a little bit of a, a sneak peek because it's not official yet, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give your your listeners a scoop because this I think it's gonna be quite a popular event we're doing this year. Uh, we're doing something called Wildlife ER. It's at the Otago Museum with a very special guest, the one and only Susie Cato. So I think people are going to be pretty excited to see her. Um, she's going to come along to the event and do a story and a song. We're going to learn about the Wildlife Hospital. And then I'm going to teach all of the children in the group to uh, how to bandage their favorite soft toys, just like we bandage up uh, guests like Richard at the hospital. And that is happening in two sessions on Sunday, the 24th of April. One is at 11 a.m. and one is at 1 p.m. There will be a cost and you will have to book ahead. So it's $3 per person and you will have to book ahead because of COVID reasons. Um, uh, the bookings aren't open yet, but they will be available through the Otago Museum when everything is up and running for Wild Dunedin. So I'm just asking people to save the date if they're interested. Sunday, the 24th of April is great for kids. They love bandaging their soft toys. And I don't think anyone can argue about the popularity of Susie Cato. So. Oh, indeed. Brilliant stuff. That. Oh, well, look, uh, Jordana, thanks so much for bringing us the story of, of Richard. Good to hear that Richard is uh, feeling better and looking so brilliant. Uh, nice mm-hmm. to hear about a creature that we don't often hear about uh, in these parts. Uh, we look forward to catching up with you again in four weeks' time. Okay, talk to you then. Thank you. The Wildlife Hospital Dunedin treats sick and injured native New Zealand species right here in the heart of Aotearoa's wildlife capital. Their expert veterinary team patches up more than 500 patients every year, returning the majority of them back to the wild where they belong. You can learn more about the hospital, including ways to support this charitable trust, at wildlifehospitaldunedin.org.nz or follow their Facebook page for more fabulous creature content. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.